Hey, Real Nerds. There's many ways to enjoy the Real Nerds podcast. You can listen to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and now Spotify and iHeartRadio. You can see what we're up to around town by following us at Real Nerds on Instagram. And if you want to send us your thoughts, you can email us at realnerds at gmail.com or call us at 720-6NERDS5. Like us on Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast or tweet us at Real Nerds. And now on with the show. This is Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Fan Expo, which is having a special edition this Halloween season. Get your tickets soon at DenverFanExpo.com. I'm not sure when they go on sale, but um, I'm guessing pretty soon. Should be fun. Yeah. Good. The cons are back. We are Real Nerds Podcast, and every week we see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world for over 10 years now. I am Ryan. With me is the diabolical Norman Osborn. <laughs> I'm the Green Goblin. <laughs> Cast. <laughs> and uh, Zach. Out, am I? <laughs> Man, it's so tough to choose between these two amazing actors for... Spider-Man <laughs> for Norman Osborn <laughs> for Norman Osborn in the Peter. Spider-Man movie. Peter, don't tell Harry. <laughs> uh huh. I like that one. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Back to formula. <laughs> hmm. I'm feeling it. Yep, you're feeling it. That's right. Now, I oh, want hold you on. each to scream "Avenge me," and then okay. that will seal the deal. All right, Brad, you first. I think someone will think there's something wrong if I if I start screaming down in this basement. Okay, then I'll just do it. Avenge me! Mm, I like that. Mm-hmm. I think mm. I got it in the bag here. Is Goblin Jr. going to cry? <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe my most favorite Peter Parker line ever. I saw your father <laughs> killed by his own glider. Wait, that's not how it goes in Spider-Man 3. It's the butler, right? The one who's just like, your father died of his own hubris and shit. (laughs) Yeah, the best line in Spider-Man 3 is when um, Peter's eating that cookie and that girl next door, he's like, you got any chocolate chips on him? Yeah, get me those. (laughs) I love, like, uh, dorky, overconfident Peter Parker. I know that uh, that moment in that movie is, like, the most hated I, I love that part in the movie i love the shot when he's in the club and he goes now dig on this and he starts snapping his fingers i'm like that's well shot i don't know what it's doing in this movie but it's well shot <laughs> no sam raimi can direct the hell out of anything oh yeah <laughs> which it, what a lot of people miss in that moment is if you see the background people they all look at him like he's a tool so yeah that's true yeah, yeah. nobody's really he, impressed by this no fucking peter parker that's what happens when you get the venom goo on you, man. Mm-hmm. You start you, becoming dangerous. That or you binge eat frozen meals in your fridge like Tom Hardy does, but you know, mm-hmm. to each his own. It depends on which venom you want. <laughs> Can I say none? Um, no, because pop culture in 2021 demands that you care about venom for reasons, I guess. I don't know. Yes. That's all right. Venom looks cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this week we saw F9, the fast saga. 
stay tuned to the end of the episode where we'll tell you if we recommend this film or not, play the trailer, and then talk about the film, which could include spoilers. We also talk about movies that are coming out this week on Blu-ray and 4K, movies we've been watching, and movie news. And generally, just, we're a movie podcast. We like movies. Yes, we do. We like movies. How about you? Ha 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 ha. Thank you. I was about to, yeah, just continue the freaking yeah, no, exactly. rhyme, but what, what else is there? What is there? What else is there to it? It's we got spirit. How about you? And then that's the end of it, right? Yeah, but you can continue. Hmm. Okay, I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> Doing cheerleading now? What's, what's going on, dude? What don't we do? We're so I mean, multi-talented. Don't you know we've got to make the movie Cheer Squad of twenty twenty one? And stay tuned. In one month, will be our five hundredth episode. Yikes. 500 of these things. Jesus. 500 big ones. Actually, we have more than 500 episodes. It's just 500 numbered episodes. That's true, because film explosions aren't counted, and the the pop culture and Comic-Con interviews before it became Fan Expo are not episodes either. They are individual. And our Mile High, Telluride Horror. We're, fuck, dude, we're so fucking popular. Oh, yeah. We beat people off to, like, get us to go to their cons. Wait, you beat Beat people people off? off? (laughs) <laughs> with like they're clamoring for us god you guys are so dirty no 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 i don't know i think you need to look deep in your soul there right <laughs> anywho we also live in a state that has things you can do around town with the one and only brad and his moped and the magical world of cinema hey film buddies follow me around denver I never understood why I gave you a moped. It doesn't make any sense at all. Me neither. It's, it's, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I have no idea. I drive. I, just, I think because I wanted to do the. <laughs> I don't yeah. think that's what mopeds sound like. I think it know, was the sa- I think it was a sound effect, Ryan. You just really wanted <laughs> to make a funny sound effect. <laughs> Let's just change it to a hoverboard. That's oh, pretty sweet. cool. Yeah. Down. You know- you know, Br- Ryan is carrying on the tradition of Mel Blanc voicing vehicles of sorts. Yes. You know, the only thing him- Brad can't do on a hoverboard is he can't go over water. So, yeah. but I guess you can't drive through water either. So it doesn't really matter. Water is like you're, you're like the Jason Voorhees of our podcast. Water is just bad news. So you are afraid of something. <laughs> Jason Voorhees and hoverboards are the same thing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean. Jason's only afraid of water in one movie. I mean, <laughs> wait, are we so old? Do you think people are listening to us right now and thinking that we're talking about like the rolling hoverboards? Because we're talking about Back to the Future. Oh shit, yeah. that's oh, right. Those God, things are old. actually a thing now. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm still distant enough to where I can be like, I understand what you could be saying, but I know what you actually are saying. So don't worry, you've got the approval of a thirty year old. <laughs> Let me explain it to the youngins out there. I'm talking about the Mattel hot pink hoverboard. Shut up, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pit bull. <laughs> yeah. Um, quick, let me quick let me borrow your Jason Voorhees. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm gonna take my hoverboard uh from 2015 and head over to the drive-in uh when it stops raining because everything will be wet and I won't be able to use the hoverboard. Uh, yes. So on a dry day, I'll get to see Peter Rabbit two, the Runaway. Fast Nine and Quiet Place Part Two. Love it. Also, look out for the manure trucks. Okay. Yeah, I hate manure. And then, if I uh, head even further up north to the Holiday Twin, 
they are playing on screen one, F9 and Nobody. And on mm. screen two is Peter Rabbit 2 and Cruella. Huh. Yeah. Family and you action junkies. Oh, yeah. I like to see that Nobody is still playing places. Uh, and then uh, July, 4- July 4th, they're having their second annual 4th of July drive-in with the Fort Collins Symphony and fireworks. So you can check that out, too. Um, I have tickets to Air Force One at the Alamo, so I will get to go. So, yep, get off his hoverboard. Yep, I'll park it at the bike rack at the <laughs> Alamo, Stones Lake. And that's what's going on around town. Sweet. Movie news happens throughout the week in a segment we call movie news. No, we call it real news. Fuck. We're so creative. This is episode 495, man. (laughs) I know. I'm I'm old. I'm going to be fucking 40 this year. I don't know what day it is. I'm trying to take Dick Van Dyke's, you know, outlook on life where I'm always going to be like active and have fun and you know, be 95 and dancing in the middle of the street. Your birthday, your birthday is the Saturday of the 48 hour film project. Cool. Uh, I will be working like I do all my birthdays. Um, So, yep. (laughs) That's what I do. Yeah. That's what happens in your old birthdays or just another day. I think I might do, um, I don't know if there's, is, they still have, like, can you still play games at Enchanted Grounds and stuff? Like tabletop games? Yeah. Probably. probably. I don't know if COVID changed, because I really, I have this Batman animated series game I really want to play, but it has to be with three people. So, so why don't you invite really... three of the real nerds to your house and play it? Oh, yeah, you can go up, if everybody wants to drive up here. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I have that, I have Jaws, I have Universal Monsters. You can come down to the office and play it on our huge common area. Invite everyone. Sweet. Could we uh could we set that up, Brad, where we could have like a game night and stuff? Sure, that'd be awesome. Sweet. Maybe maybe that uh Monday or something. I Sunday I think I'm celebrating Kellen's birthday because his birthday always falls on Labor Day. And it's a pain in the ass for people to come up here on Labor Day because the traffic starts at like Denver West. Labor Day is the 6th, so that's a week later. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. His birthday is the 2nd. Ah. So, and he'll be in school, so. So I'll have to do it that Sunday, which is 28th or something. I don't know. But if you're down, if you have a place where we can play games, that'd be awesome. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I miss board games. Sweet. Not Sweet. a lot of people like to play board games. Sad. Do you think people really like this part of the podcast where I'm um, self-fulfilling what I want to do on my birthday? And they're like, wow, that's really cool. Thanks for all that information, guys. I mean, it is real news. That is for sure. <laughs> that is true. And we, we've it's been no secret that this is your show and people tune in to listen to your takes on everything. So You know what? Thank you. Finally, someone gets it. <laughs> it only took you 494 episodes. I'm still trying to figure out who's the host of this show. It's James, isn't it? it's definitely me because when i'm not on the show it fucking drags oh fight 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 wait you'd be fighting me no (laughs) i don't want to do that hey anyway zach what's happening in the movie world it's real news well um i want to ask you guys what's the deal with jerry seinfeld making a pop-tart movie what's up with that 
Um, yeah, there's a pop. You have tart. some pop tarts that have frosting, the other ones that don't. What's the deal with that? Oh no! Uh, yes, Jerry Seinfeld, who has been working closely with Netflix with his stand-up specials, um, has decided to or has will be writing, directing, and producing a movie called Unfrosted, which is a movie about the creation of pop tarts. It's uh, so inspired. Let me ask you a question though: Do you yes. even eat unfrosted pop tarts? That sounds like malarkey. Frosted well, pop tarts are way better. There are unfrosted pop tarts, and they. Do I know. Still... I'm just saying. Would you eat an unfrosted one? I I think I always eat them with frosting. Brad, back me up on this. Oh, I like. <laughs> <laughs> got a pill stuck in my mouth. Um, <laughs> you had a a dick stuck in your mouth. <laughs> I think you said a pill. <laughs> oh, Brad, don't do drugs. Uh, I I took the second to wash down a pill i was taking and it just got stuck on my tongue like three times Dang. oh that's the worst taste too mm-hmm. yeah it just dissolves yeah. instantly yeah pill and after. i keep telling my wife so she thinks i'm um pretentious so she gets generic <laughs> ibuprofen at her work and it like sticks to your tongue i keep on telling her i want her to get advil now the difference is is about four dollars but advil has the candy coating on it oh yeah and you know what I mean? Yeah, just, I do. It just slides down your throat. Like, it's so nice. Cock. Totally. <laughs> I can even take like three of them at once and it doesn't bother me. <laughs> We're still talking about Advil, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and what were we talking about? You know, we were talking about the fact that Jerry Seinfeld's making a fucking movie. He's directing. Oh, do I eat unfrosted pop tarts? Yeah, I will eat unfrosted pop tarts. I don't care. Really? Yeah. It's about the gooey center too. It's not just the frosting. It's also the gooey center. Like those things are delicious. I haven't had one. The brown sugar one. I haven't had one in a really long time. And it was like maybe four or five months ago, and I had one, and I was wired for like twenty minutes because those things have so much fucking sugar in them. It's, it's probably, not probably a, part it's, of a healthy breakfast, I'm sure. It's not advisable to eat, but I do appreciate having one every so often. If it's like around me, I'll be like, "Yeah, I'll have a cocktail. Why the fuck not?" Yeah, I'm, I mean, not, I'm not telling you not to eat them. It's just be prepared. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to say something that's going to ruin our future sponsorships with Kellogg's, but I, I, I would take a toaster strudel instead. <laughs> anyway, um, there's a lemon like fun in the oven. <laughs> Toaster strudels are fucking dope. <laughs> They're not that great. No. Whoa, whoa. Good. No, no, no. Flaky no. croissant crust. Are you insane? I, yeah. I'm not insane. I'm truthful. So you can put your own frosting on them, and the frosting is like melts. Oh, you are insane. It's a, it's, a dis, it's a disproportionate amount of icing. Don't tell me that that's enough icing for it. If we're talking about the no. icing on pop tarts, I mean, no. So for the toaster strudels, they have the where you just tear it, and it makes like a little um, a squiggle, kind of like a little tube. And then you go across and make it look all fancy and artsy, like, you know, waves. I don't want to have to pay to become a baker. Frosting. <laughs> Brad, back me up because you have the flaky croissant. You have the wonderful taste of the fruit filling. Oh, man. Toaster strudels are where it's at. The warm, flaky it, croissant. Instead of warm. reviewing. <laughs> Thanks. Keep ruining my commercial. Go on. <laughs> instead of reviewing F9, let's just review Pop-Tarts. <laughs> Real Anyways, breakfast podcast. Brad, you're selling me on toaster strudels. I can't do it. It's the mood's gone. Oh, fuck. Get my voice it back. It's all sexy and shit. <laughs> Anywho, just Jerry unwrap. <laughs> just tear open a 
plastic frosting packet, squeeze it directly into your mouth, and then jam the warm flaky crust of the Pillsbury toaster strudel down your gullet. Why are you whispering? <laughs> Nothing says loving like my toaster strudel in your mouth. <laughs> All right. I... <laughs> we got a lot of system. You, have I ever told you the sad story when I was young of what happened to my Pillsbury Doughboy? No. Does it involve so your parents' when... divorce? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Actually, this is when they were together. Um, we, I used to have this pair of race car pajamas, and I had a little uh, kind of like a rubber ducky Pillsbury Doughboy. And when you squeezed him, he went, <laughs> and. Uh, one day I was at school and I was, this is like my earliest memory. I'm not even joking. I'd have been like five and I came home and um, my mom was at home and she usually wasn't, she was working. And uh, we had this little like furnace fire in our basement and it melted my Pillsbury Doughboy and my race car pajamas. And I was freaking devastated. Aww. I know. And all I've ever wanted since was a Pillsbury rubber toy that went, <laughs> but they probably don't make them anymore. eBay, man, you can get it on eBay. <laughs> yeah, luckily it's 2021. You can scour the internet for that stuff. Wait, yeah. what's the internet? Well, the internet is a place where people go to bitch about movies. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what else is news besides toaster pastries? Um, well, let's see. Um, yeah, but yeah, see Jerry Seinfeld's Pop-Tart movie that inspired this wonderful conversation. <laughs> um, a little bit of uh, insight into our movie of the week is that uh, Fast and Furious has um, opened up with the highest box office uh, gathering since the pandemic with $70 million in its debut. Uh, so that's good news for people feeling a little bit more confident going back to the movies. This clearly, this among things like Godzilla versus Kong were Definitely the things that people were wanting to go see in a movie theater. That in A Quiet Place Part 2 actually did pretty well. So box office numbers are rising. So hopefully that means that we're, you know, back to some regular business at the movies. Um, and on that note, Vin Diesel uh, isn't satisfied with just Fast and Furious movies. He wants a Fast and Furious musical. Sweet. I mean, I saw his debut single on ellen and it was fucking dope you know what i i i I don't i don't know how that works because it sounds like spider-man turn off the dark all over again where you try to do it in an extravagant stunt spectacular and people die in the process i would say no don't do that (laughs) like people's lives matter (laughs) Um, and then David Fincher's got a new movie in the works called The Killer. Uh, he will be teaming up with Michael Fassbender as the star. Um, and he will be reuniting with Andrew Kevin Walker, the writer of Seven, uh, to do this film. The story concerns a man solitary and cold, methodical, and unencumbered by scruples or regrets. The killer waits in the shadows, watching his ne- for his next target. And yet he, the longer he waits, the more he thinks he's losing his mind, if not his cool. A brutal, bloody, and stylish noir story of professional assassins lost in a world without a moral compass. This is a case study of a man alone, armed to the teeth, and slowly losing his mind. So, yeah. Um, and, of course, how that was presented to Michael Fassbender is, 
uh, he saw Brian Singer and he says, I want to see a real director. And then Matthew Vaughn oh, showed oh, up oh. and he says, I, I mean, a real director. And then it was David Fincher. And then he said, perfection. <laughs> you made a meme. <laughs> I was that one a meme on a podcast. Did you see? Did you see that a meme? I haven't seen that one yet. No, I just made that up right now, Zach. I'm Ooh, a Ooh, Brad, Brad, make it, make that meme. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, the last piece of news that I have uh, is pretty big. We got a full length trailer for Halloween Kills. Let's talk about this thing, Ryan. This shit looks insane. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I only have one real big problem with it is if this was the real world, the firefighters would not beat the police to the fire. The police mm-hmm. would already be there, so Michael wouldn't have gotten out. But Haddonfield's not a real town. So what are you expecting out of this? Uh, if there's any firefighters listening, that's a really big firefighter joke between us first responders. Are you, and are think you, it's hilarious. Are you going to start a fight between the firefighters and the police like Matt Damon does in The Departed? No, no. Okay, good. Of course not. <laughs> the firefighters are America's heroes. So I would Dang. never start a fight with them. Yeah. They're, but yeah, no, the, the trailer is promising... It's funny because I don't know what to call this. It seems like it's going to go back down to the path of what Halloween became after the first one, where it became a slaughter fest, essentially. Like it was trying to ape off of the Jason movies at that point. Uh, the- I mean, I don't know. I think I think there's going to be a lot more to it. It seems like because uh, they obviously have a third part that is coming out. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So there's. I mean, there's a part where I, I'm guessing Michael's pissed, mm-hmm. but there's, <laughs> there, there, uh, but I mean, there's going to, there's, there has to be some sort of continuation of it. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's going to, I mean, I think this mob is going to end poorly for Miss Laurie Strode. So yeah, the, well, the thing that like, to me, like all the reports prior to this trailer were promising. Like this thing is like epic. This thing is brutal. This thing is merciless. And the whole th- the whole time I kept thinking like, okay, well, you know, depending on what you're trying to do with it, because the the Halloween reboot, you know, I love that movie un- unabashedly, but it does allow itself to be what Halloween became after the first one where the kills are much more in your face, but they held back a little bit. This trailer indicates that they are going back to sequel mode where like things are going to get brutal. Things are like it, it. I'm wondering what this looks like compared to that first reboot, which kind of by comparison seems a lot more restrained. Um but I'm you know, I'm down I, for it either way. I mean, it's another Halloween movie. I'm going to go. <laughs> when I watch it, I, and I know that there's another one coming, it actually kind of reminds me of Kill Bill, where the first one might be, you know, crazy gore and mm-hmm. Michael going crazy. And then maybe the second one's a little more reflective. And subdued, yeah. That'd be interesting if they pulled it off that way. I will tell you, though, that the mob mentality attracts me because they sort of do it in Halloween 4, but it it it's not the central focus and it feels like they're going to actually focus on what happens when a group of people are no longer going to lie down with Michael attacking them and threatening their lives. And you form a mob this crazy, which apparently Tommy Doyle's essential in leading that mob from what I've read. So I'm, I'm curious to see how they play into mob mentality in the movie because like it's, the first one was about like confronting your attackers. And this one seems to be commenting on some other things. Cause it's not, 
it's not just a barren sequel. Like these, these Halloween reboots are designed specifically to intertwine a message, which I find fascinating. Um, but I also like watching Annie Matichek go toe to toe with Michael because in the first one, obviously she's new to this whole Michael Myers phenomenon. She is running, running away shit scared in this second one. She kind of gets to adopt what Lori became later on, which is more of a fighter of Michael. Um, and we also see the return of her boyfriend, um, the ALM kid. Um, and I, I mean, it's it's going to be intriguing. Like to say the least, it looks furious. Like it looks like a like intense ride. Um, but yeah, we will look forward to that this October. This is going to be a fucking blast, Ryan. We get an insane Halloween movie this year that we were supposed to get last year. But <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and that's news. Unless I missed anything. Blu-rays, Ultra HD, come out in physical form every week, and we'll highlight some of them here. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Um, let me tell you, you can uh, enter a world of pure imagination in 4K with Willy Wonka and the Chaka Factory from 1971 coming to your 4K discs. Um, you can also get Major Dundee from 1965, courtesy of Arrow Blu-ray. Um, Ryan, I wanted to bring this to your attention because I think there's some uh, uh, c- cover trickery afoot. There's a movie called Pick Up on South Street from 1953 uh, from Criterion coming out, uh, directed by Sam Fuller. But the cover art looks suspiciously similar to the cover art for The Awful Truth on Criterion Blu-ray with the same sort of font and the same gold background. Uh, uh yeah i'm 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 curious what you'd think once you've seen it so uh that's that's interesting <laughs> um i don't i don't think i've ever seen criterion kind of repeat a motif like that um and then let's see you can get on blu-ray a john wayne movie with kirk douglas called in harm's way from 1965 uh agfa is putting out the leather boys uh from 1964 um Scream Factory is putting out a steelbook of Battle from Beyond the Stars from 1980. Do you have that one coming, Ryan? Uh, no. No? Okay. <laughs> At least you're honest. Um, we've got uh, the complete... Uh, I believe this is the complete second season of His Dark Materials, uh, the television show based on the Golden Compass. Um, we are getting some cool Kino Lorber starring Mae West. She done him wrong and I'm No Angel, you can get those right in your back pocket. You can also get My Little Chickadee, the movie he, she made with W.C. Fields, and you can also get Night After Night, which features George Raft. Um, and whoa, whoa, you just breeze past it. Cary Grant is in two of those, you bastard. Well, he's not mentioned on the poster, so guess who's he not? He is. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. She done him wrong. Yes, 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 that's right. And she I'm done no him wrong. Angel. I'm pretty sure on him they say with Cary Grant. Yes, they do, actually, in the corner. You're right. You're right. My Jeez. bad, my bad, bud. I'll tell you what. How about I, how about I repay this by telling you that you can also get Bell of the Nineties uh, from nineteen thirty four, featuring Mae West, and you can also get Going to Town from nineteen thirty five. Oh yeah, Mae West is going to town. On- yeah, I think they're releasing something like eight of her films. <laughs> yep, and Go West, young man, featuring uh, Cary Grant's friend Randolph Scott. So. Uh, there's 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 plenty of May West to go around in your life. Look, every day's a holiday. There you go, Klondike Annie. You're gonna get all the May West movies, and it's going to blow your fucking mind. Um, but yeah, 
And then um, we're getting a release from 1978 called Just a Gigolo uh, from Shout Factory featuring David Bowie. Um, anybody here seen this movie? Nope. Hmm. I'm curious. Um, and Warner Archive is putting out Madame Curie featuring Greer Garson and Walter Pigeon. Uh, so if you'd like to check out that film, you are more than like well than welcome to. Um, and looks like we're getting season two of the Purge television show from 2019 uh, being released. And I forgot it was a TV show. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody remembered that that was a, uh, a thing. Also, the Steven Soderbergh movie King of the Hill is getting a Blu-ray Criterion release. Also, Damn. Francis Ha. <laughs> Have you ever seen? No, it's not uh, the show. It, this is a movie by Steven Soderbergh called King of the Hill. Um, I've never seen it. But it does always throw me off every time I see it on his filmography. Um, and that's Blu-rays. Some oldies but goodies. Yeah. We watch films throughout the week in a segment I call What We've Been Dying to Watch. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. You, you're the Crypt Keeper this week? What the heck? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm whatever you want me to be. Brad, what'd you watch this week? Not a lot. Uh, still watching SNL, but um, Ryan wanted to see a movie called Werewolves Within and couldn't, so I went to see it. Yeah, you <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, yes, Squire. Um, and yeah, if you're looking for a werewolf movie, you might be left wanting. Um, it is more of a comedy. Um, it, the beginning has... Sorry? You see, I, I was so pissed that I fucking left. What? <laughs> I accidentally swiped away from Zoom. <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so, Werewolves Within, tell us about it. Oh, yeah, I was I was starting to. Um, yeah, if you're if you're looking for a werewolf movie, you might you might be left wanting a bit uh, because it is a comedy. It teases for most of the movie whether or not there is a werewolf in the movie or not, um, and the opening scenes. There's a couple. Uh, sequences that are edited just like Edgar Wright doing montage, like not montages, but you know, when like someone like set down an object and then it'll like fast zoom and then go to another thing and fast zoom, and then do another thing and fast zoom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, wow, that's like his same editing style. Uh, so they must be fans of that. Um, and it centers around a uh, forest ranger who moves to this small town. Um, to take over the job and the town is a bunch of weirdos and he befriends the postal carrier initially. Um, he temporarily takes up residence in the local hotel and there's a oil developer uh, who's trying to convince the town to sell all their properties so he can uh, get the stand in for the standing rock pipeline built through the area. Um, and then suddenly uh people start disappearing and, and getting mauled and uh, the forest ranger has to track it all down. They eventually convinces everyone to huddle into the hotel and uh, you know, in a very much the thing kind of way, they try to figure out who amongst them is the werewolf or if there's a werewolf, werewolf at all uh, kind of stuff. So yeah, it has vibes of the thing and it's also like a very small budget. Um <laughs> So, you know, there's not, there's a part where like they find a body and a lot of, 
a lot of what happens is like happens off screen and people just react to it. Um, damn, the power just went out here. Oh no! Dang it, Brad. R.I.P. Brad. Hold on one second. I'm going to do something here to fix this. Okay. Well, yeah. If not, I guess we'll never capture the magic of our first half of our show ever which, again. Which was a glorious first half. But anyway, yeah, so Ryan, what have you been watching this week? <laughs> uh, you know, I haven't really been watching too much. I've been re-watching. I got Parks and Rec on Blu-ray. Oh, nice. I totally, for- totally forgot that I got on Blu-ray. Um, and then one day... I had a $70 charge on my bank account. I'm like, what the fuck? And then I came home and Parks and Recreation, the complete series was there. So um, there's that. It's really fun. Um, it's a really funny show. You know, a lot of people don't like the first season. I don't mind it. It takes a few episodes to get going. And once it does, it's really great. Yeah. Um, that's, I, I never finished it, but I liked what I saw, like as it kept going into seasons two and three and such. So yeah, it's, it's funny. And I love Ben Schwartz in it as um, Sean Ralphio. Oh, yeah. I got run over by Alexis. <laughs> yes. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's great stuff. You've seen um, the video where uh, they put John Ralphio's uh, voice and his quips over Spider-Man footage, right? <laughs> yep. It's awesome. <laughs> There's this uh, like uh, smash cut of all of his singing. And it's magnificent. Um, yeah, I uh, I also watched um, the Spectacular Spider-Man cartoon. It's really fun. Um, was that the one that MTV lasted... did or MTV did? No, or... this was, um, man, I want to say it's, I don't even know where it debuted. Um, because it only lasted two seasons. And then maybe Disney XD. And they kept on shuffling it because that was the time... Um, that Marvel and Sony, um, like uh, Sony, couldn't produce Spider-Man cartoons anymore, right? And so, it was, but it was made by Greg Wiseman, who did uh, Gargoyles, and um, and it's just a really fun show. I, I've always really enjoyed it, and it's easy to slip into because most of the episodes are self-contained. I mean, they have an overarching theme, right? Um, the, the first season is really dealing with the mob. So Tombstone and Hammerhead. Um, and then they have some twists along the way with the Green Goblin that I really like. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really fun show. And the, uh, I mean, they have awesome people that are performing in it. Uh, the Vulture is uh, voiced by Robert England. Um, oh, so they have a lot of... That's got to be fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he's great at it. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of really cool voice uh, actors in it as well. Um, and the theme song's really catchy. Um, so yeah, it's a fun little cartoon and I wish it lasts more than two seasons, but you know, there's maybe 28 episodes, something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, it's really fun. Uh, and the only, well, I just watched a few other things. I rewatched world war Z because <laughs> for the last like three weeks, it's been playing at the drive-in and Brad keeps on mentioning it. Um, so I said, man, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. So I sat down and watched it. It's still a pretty fun movie. Um, you know, I, I'm always not the biggest fan of um, super zombies where they right. run and jump. Um, but I like the idea of uh, the zombies just forming a like kind of like an ant colony to get over a wall 
Yeah, and... that, that that was one shot in the trailer. I don't think I've ever seen this movie still to this day, but that shot in the trailer, I remember vividly. And I'm like, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it's really cool how they solve it. I mean, if you've read the book's really great by Max Brooks. Um, yeah, son of a great comedic director. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in it, Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt plays this guy named Jerry, who's part of the UN. And he keeps going to different places because of the zombie plague. And he's trying to figure out where it started and if there's a way to defeat it. And um, it's kind of a clever way how they decide they're going to be able to not necessarily stop the uh, plague, but kind of figure out how to fight another day, I guess, for lack of a better word. Right. Um, So it's uh, pretty, it's a pretty cool movie. Um, Yeah. So, uh, and and the last thing I watched, uh, I mean, I kind of wish Brad was on here. (laughs) I kind of wish Brad was on here, but that's okay. Um, uh, I watched Batman, the long, the long Halloween part one. Um, Ah, I was going to wait. They, they're doing um, the second part. I think comes out in August. And then later in the year, I'm guessing around Halloween, they're going to have an ultra HD version of it. But the DC animated stuff, I, I have uh, a suicide squad one, or maybe it's Batman and Harley Quinn. One of them, I have an ultra HD and it looks almost exactly the same. So, um, yeah, so I'm I'm hoping. So I guess. Sorry, I was reading Brad's text. Yeah, I, so I don't know if it's worth it to get the Ultra HD because they're gonna put it in like one collector set. Um, so I was in Longmont yesterday after I was playing golf, and I saw that it was like one of the last stores in Colorado that had the Steel Book. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it, I'll go get it, and um, it's pretty great. The voice acting in it is incredible. Um, if you've never read The Long Halloween, it's a really great Batman story. It takes place, I think, in his second or third year as Batman. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, so yeah, it, so it's him still trying to figure out being a detective. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the, the the premise is is there's killings happening around holidays. Yeah. So it starts on Halloween. And uh, it's interesting. It's a, the, the series is 13 issues and the film is divided into two parts, but it only really touches the first four issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the second part is going to have to have a lot in it. And how long is part one? Uh, it's an hour and 35 minutes. I mean, let's see how the back half goes because they get, they'll, they, you know, like past those issues, you, you get into some insane shit. So hopefully they capture yeah. most of it. I mean, I'm just, I, you know, I love poison Ivy, so I can't wait till she shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, she, oh, is it spoilers to say she shows up after the credits? I, don't know. I, mean, um, I mean, this, the, I, I don't remember this, this book that well, but I did read it. I know she's in it. So I don't think, yeah, I think she shows up in issue six. I'll have to flip through my poison Ivy collection to see, mm-hmm. um, it's either six, five or six. So she pops up pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of violent. Um, the animation style in it is changed a little bit from other DC animated stuff. So it looks really cool. Uh, the soundtrack or the score is really great in it. Um, and it's 
pretty violent for PG-13. I do know part two is going to be rated R. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it kind of has to be because it's a serial killer. Um, right. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see how they play the mystery because I know with Batman Hush, they really, really changed the uh, the story towards the end. Right. So I don't know how they, I'm guessing they might not change it too much because it's so well revered. Um, but we'll see. Um, it's really cool. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. And that's what I watched this week. Yeah. Zach? It's, yeah, it's my turn. <laughs> uh, sorry, it's so weird because I, I guess I shouldn't have taken the ball and thrown it to you. <laughs> it's okay. Um, what have I watched this week? Well, I, <clears throat> I've been go- I was gone last week because um, I was making a short film and that took precedent. Um, but I did see the Sparks Brothers documentary. Um, and I liked it a lot. I really, really liked it. Um, I need to go back again because. Yeah. I was telling Brad yesterday. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to our episode. Not yet. No. Uh, uh, last week that it feels like you are finally let in on an inside joke. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That you don't know um, where you don't know why you don't know who these guys are, but you are really glad that you finally get who these guys are. Yeah, because it, it, because the trailers and even all of Edgar Wright's promotion around it was kind of enigmatic, where it just kind of felt like it's it's it is this big well kept secret that you know, like like the documentary. I know you guys already talked about it, so I don't need to set it up for people. But like I I sat down and I was kind of just swept away with. I was really happy that I didn't watch a trailer for this movie prior to going into it. I, I did definitely go in clean and to watch where the only things I knew ahead of time were like Edgar Wright's making this movie. Here's some promotional pictures of what they look like and to understand where their music lies in terms of history and how they always seem to run side by side with things that were of a trend that was about to rise, but they never quite make it. And when they finally do break a certain ground, it's under this new auspice of, the way indie music can thrive now today. Um, and I will tell you that like, I, when I saw the runtime listed, I was like two hours and 20 minutes. Like what is, what kind of movie are we doing here? Can I, I don't know if you guys talked about this, but the movie kind of felt like a Sparks brothers album based on what they're describing Sparks brothers as a concept to be, because it almost oh, you know, felt like it made fun of documentaries in the process. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting. I, I me and Brad talked to talk, talked, we talked about uh, how it didn't seem like it was two and a half hours long. It went by really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was really entertaining. My take on it, like ultimately, Ryan, was that like I, I they they are a group that I'd like to explore more. But what I like, but I what I think the movie does very well is it 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 opens you up not just to the world of the Sparks Brothers, but it also introduces you to the aspects of like what you know music history to be has infinite more layers than you could possibly have imagined from a cursory glance. Like mm-hmm. I'd have to imagine if you're a music, like a music head, like you are, that's your, like the way you're into comic books or I'm into old time radio. Like you would have heard of these guys, but I wouldn't have. So I kind of got, I liked that I get to kind of peek at how their story 
pertains to the overall arc of music history in general and how these guys were like supposedly a British band, but they were never a British band. They were an American band who thrived in Britain and like the, the different angles to it. Like now I, the one thing that I was almost taken aback by was Edgar himself appearing in the dock but thankfully he doesn't uh, put himself in there too much. And I like that because he is a fan, he is included in that. And it's not just, you know, the director turning the camera on himself because like, Mm -hmm. I, I know that that's, there's, there's tricky area with that, like strong Island. That's the concept of the movie and it totally works for what she's doing. But other times I do feel it can, you know, teeter In, in this one. I'm glad it's, it's he's there because ultimately Edgar's providing context as to how somebody like him would make a documentary like this. Um, because otherwise it, it would just not fit if he didn't kind of basically give his own explanation as to why these guys are unique. Um, and also, also like it, it did feel like you were getting like, as you said, you're led into a joke and like mm-hmm. or an inside joke and, what I love about these guys is that they're comedic musicians, essentially. Like they, they poke fun at the thing they are also inspired to make. Like they, they have a, they have a duality about them. I really appreciate that. It's one of the best movies I've seen this year, hands down. Mm. And, and I do think if you, if you're going to see this movie, you should see it in a movie theater. Like it, it is a good theatrical experience. You get an entire experience in two, two hours and 20 minutes. And and I, I don't know, like I, the only thing that would have been better is if it was a little longer and they kind of like interwove, inter, intertwined it a little bit more with more concert footage. But I don't know, I don't know how much more that would have done to sell you on the concept. If you've already got plenty of ways to sell this concept to people. So yeah, if you haven't seen the Sparks Brothers yet, you need to check out this movie. It is utterly fantastic. Um, and let's see, um, I, I kind of got burnt out after set um uh, after filming so i popped on futurama and just dug through a lot of seasons two and three or volumes two and three the production order on futurama is fucking stupid because fox was an idiot with that show and didn't know how to handle it or didn't care because they only cared about family guy at that time which is whatever um but uh going back through it i i'm I'm surprised at how well the animation holds up because it's early. Oh, no, that, sorry. That show is so brilliant. And you know, I was, I know I've been burnt out from work too. I think that's why I've been watching so much parks and rec is, yeah. you know, sometimes movies just require so much attention mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I can't do it. And uh, I, I got to get back. I bought the sweet set with my Christmas money this year um oh yeah and uh it, it, i mean futurama I, i've said this before I, I still think it's one of the best shows ever and at, at times i think it's better than the simpsons i mean people can call me crazy but i i think I, it I, is i wouldn't call you crazy like i tweeted about this i was like you know i will never not love the simpsons but the futurama hits me at a different emotional core than simpsons does the simpsons hits me the Simpsons hits me hits my funny bone in a in a in a, in a good way when it comes to satirizing America American family values that as they stood during the nuclear family era that doesn't really exist anymore. Um, 
but Futurama is it's it, this isn't denigrating to The Simpsons, but Futurama is an actual story. Like it's an actual story unfolding. It's not really episodic. Mm-hmm. Anytime they do an isolated episode, it still manages to find a way to hook itself into something that happens later on. They were clearly careful with how they set up everything from episode one. Like this show was pre-planned almost to a T and every time they've had to end it, 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 it's never felt like it was on an unearned ending. Like there's three different endings to this show. There's the one with the devil's hands or idle play things. And then there's into the wild green yonder. And then there's the, the absolute final one where they are thrust forward in time and go in a loop and go back again. Um, and I, I, the, the watching the characters develop is interesting because Zoid, I, I always forget that Zoidberg doesn't start off as a poor, <laughs> as a poor sack of crap. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's actually like he's actually like decently respectable in the first like couple of episodes, and then slowly but surely they start turning him into the poor penniless doctor that that we know and love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, g- getting more into uh, having more fun with side characters than it is interesting, and some lines that didn't work for me when I was younger, worked better for me when I was older. I, I'm trying to remember the one I watched last night, but it has uh, um, the two policemen, the robot police officer and the human police officer. Um, oh, it's the penguin episode. And they're, uh, they, they're, uh, they do the thing about like, I can't tell if they're black with white, white stripes or black, white with black stripes. It don't matter, baby. They're all beautiful. And then they hug each other and Bender uses that to sneak off. And the robot cop goes, oh, damn, he got away. And the human cop goes, I guess this is why Chief says no hugging. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just so funny. And then there's also, like, I didn't notice this when I was younger, but in that same episode, he, Bender has all the penguins fighting a big battle against the uh, nature preservation lovers who are trying to hunt the penguins down to cull down their population numbers. And Bender's in a tuxedo uh, posing as a penguin. And when he's doing his penguin language, it's literally the, the dialogue of we shall fight them on the beaches. We shall fight them on the land. And he kind of puts his hands in his tux, like he's Winston Churchill, like just watching these little gags spring up is just so wonderful. Um, And I still maintain that luck of the fryish is one of the um, best episodes of uh, television that I've ever seen because it's just so heartwarming. Um, But yeah, so I just watched like a ton of Futurama and then I saw at film club, for the first time um, uh, ever was a movie called Hue and Cry, uh, which is from Ealing Studios. And Ealing Studios is a studio that I'm not very versed on at all. The only thing I had seen of theirs prior to joining this film club was The Lady Killers because it's Alec Guinness and it's also the basis for a good remake that the Coen brothers did, which... Yes, it's good because you need to kind of peel back what what is being attempted there. Um, but Hue and Cry is a hello, Brad. You're back. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I'm recording the. Uh, in the ass. Yeah, well, I mean, why don't you just use your own link again? <laughs> I don't. It comes from James's account. I don't have access to his email. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. No worries. Um, but yeah, no, Hue and Cry, Ryan, I think you might like the movie. It's um, actually, it's, I, I was shocked how, how like modern, how a modern day adaptation of this could work. It's about these, this group of kids who reads a comic, who read a comic story every week um, out of a magazine called The Trump, which is not, it's not referring to 
that kind of Trump, obviously. Um, but the the stories in the comic book are being used by criminals as indicators for where they're going to strike in their next crime. And it's up to the kids to kind of solve and fight these criminals. And I was kind of shocked to see a comic book playing an integral part in a movie in the 1950s, like in terms of it being like utilized as like a story point. Mm -hmm. Um, And the ending of the movie, I won't spoil it, but I will tell you that it is one of the most insane things I have ever seen come out of a British movie. It is quite bananas what happens in it. Um, So if you haven't seen Hue and Cry, it features Alistair Sims, who is best known for playing Scrooge um, in the 1950s Christmas Carol adaptation and being seen in stage fright. He's really good in it, but he's not in it that much. Um, And uh, yeah, it's just a fun blast of a time. It made me want to go back to other Ealing movies and see what I've been missing for this time. Um, But yeah, that's all I watched this week. Hey, Brad, before you got kicked off because of a lightning bolt struck your house and did not give you magical powers, um, you were telling us that Werewolves Within uh, was a small budget because you'd see a body and then you went... Uh, Yeah, that was was supposed to be cut away from. So everyone kind of talks about what's happening off screen or the the carnage is like just below the frame. Um, So, yeah, which is... It's funny sometimes, but I think when people see like the town werewolves within, you know, they'll be expecting something else. So, um, but it's it's still a fun, cute movie. But you know, it's, it's not like a classic for me. Um, and that was all I watched this week. So, wow, uh, yeah, uh, Zach and I already talked about what we watched as well. So, this is a weird uh, version of the show. <laughs> yes, very weird. Um, I'm recording this out of my car right now. Okay, I've been mm-hmm. recording since yours shut down um, on the, the pod track and on Zoom. So, yeah, I hope so because yep, uh, I have a battery backup on my computer for this kind of situation, mm-hmm. but the power didn't come back on right away, so I had to shut everything down, and I'm just in the dark here <laughs> doing this podcast alone no. in the dark. This week on Real Nerds Podcast. We continued the saga about family and what it means. Brad, do you recommend F9, the fast saga? Uh, I mean, if you like my taste in movies, uh, sure, maybe. I don't. I have so many questions about this movie. Um, did I enjoy it? Sort of. Um, is it a great movie? No. Um. Yeah, I'll I'll talk more about it after the trailer. Zach, if you're looking for story and character development and things that actually matter, you're probably better off just staring at the F9 button on your computer for two and a half hours. Um, but if I'm not being snarky, um, it's really hard to review a Fast and Furious movie because they do exactly what they're going to do and they don't apologize for it. So over the course of time, these films have literally just become like, it's almost like they're unreviewable because it's just like, well, you know, you know what you're getting into. So if you paid to see this movie again and you were disappointed by it, like what were you expecting after eight previous installments and a spinoff? As far as the experience of it, like it was fun and they did fulfill a promise that the trailer gave. And I 
found it to be the best part of the movie, but the convoluted soap opera tale that is unfolding over the course of these movies is indecipherable for me as an audience member. And I, I don't know how to recommend it on a story level. I can recommend it as like, if you want to go back to the movie theater and get reacquainted with the movie theater, this is a good big screen ride for you to go to. So like, I wouldn't say don't go see it. I would just say like, it's, you know what you're getting into if you watch these movies. So, yeah. Actually, I'll push back to you a little bit on your take, Zach, because Mm -hmm. this movie's fucking garbage. Mm -hmm. And um, I even think if you know what you expect from Fast and Furious movies, this one is so not good Mm -hmm. that it doesn't matter. It's um, I'm being kind, by the way. I do want to make it clear because like there were moments in this movie where I was able to take a nap because I'm like, oh, I know what's about to happen now. (laughs) Um, No, I don't recommend this film, even if you've seen the other Fast and Furious movies. And I got to post this on Twitter. I keep on forgetting to, but this is the 10th Fast and Furious movie including um, Hobbs and Shaw. And you know what other franchise went to space in their 10th film? Jason X. Jason X. This is when a, you're all out Jason, of ideas, you Jason, go to space. Jason X is a better go-to-space movie than this. I think Jason X is a better film. Um, <laughs> and I'll, I'll play the trailer, and then I'll really get into it, because, yeah, this movie is not good. Here's a trailer for F9. separate us but we always come back together we heard y'all needed a little love out here (laughs) y'all ever thought about the wild missions we've been on we've taken out planes trains tanks i'm not gonna even think about the submarine (laughs) and now we got cars flying in the air who is he Jacob is Dom's brother. Been a long time, Dom. Little brother. You always say never turn your back on family, but you turned your back on me. Now your little family is in my world. Are you ready? Whatever's on you, is you ready? It's on us. Are you ready? He's got his own private army. We need help. No way. Is you ready? Oh, 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 ready. So how do y'all want to play this? Fast. We're going. Oh, we're going. Oh, 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 ready. Okay, this is a bad time to mention this, but I don't drive. <laughs> Brother against brother. This should be interesting. But could you kill him? Get you bright for me, would you don't? Crank it all the way up. Get back! We the soldiers. Man, we messing with Magnus now? Wake up. Whoa. Get back in front. Yeah, everything gave up. Even when we die, we raise up. 
Yeah! It's good to be back. We got no white flag and no tree. We got the product. We got the tools. We supposed to stop that? Hold on! We going wild. We on the loose. People is blind. We are the truth. Yes! <laughs> I spent my entire life in your shadow. And now... You spend the rest of yours. Yeah! Living in mine. We go on rap. We on, we on, we on, we on the loose. Not today. We are the loose. Really? Drug tape? You acting like we on our way to Home Depot. Hunter! No, Ted! Ah! I don't want to die! Uh, so this the is ninth. A, this is the part where you do a plot summary, but I'm going to ask you, how the hell are you going to do it? <laughs> uh, I, I was going to try. Um, <laughs> Fast and Furious Nine. Um, Dom's long lost brother, who's never been mentioned before, um, shows up. <laughs> and uh, but guys, he wasn't mentioned because he purposely um, uh, sabotaged his dad's racing car that caused his dad to crash and die in a fireball. And then Toretto Dom killed the guy that I don't, did he kill the guy? I don't know. Um, I mean, I guess this is implied because he hit him continuously over the head with a wrench. They took one nugget from his past that was explained in expositional dialogue in the early parts of the series and elaborated on it for a good chunk of a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> he didn't get and, a life sentence. So I'm assuming it was just battery. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, technically, you can kill someone and get out. There's a lady who lives in our town that ran her husband over with a car, and she's not in prison anymore. Um, but he's also anywho. like 50 years old, so you know, even if he did like 25 years, you know, it doesn't make sense. Well, well I mean, I it guess was a short sentence, whatever it was. because he, that the beginning took place in '89, and then the first Fast and Furious was 2000, 2001, 2001. Yeah. So I mean, maybe he's in for six seven years so yeah maybe you're right maybe it's just assault with a deadly weapon or something Mm -hmm. um anyways so his dad dies and then fucking jacob john cena is his super spy brother (laughs) it's just it's so fucking stupid who who mr nobody recruited initially before he went to the toretto's in part six i think question mark yeah what what Ryan, this used to be about people stealing DVD players off the back of fucking trucks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and you can even forgive it. You know, my biggest problem always with these movies uh, is there's really far-fetched, but for some reason, when The Rock is involved, you believe it more. In this one, you don't have the charisma of The Rock. You're dealt with uh, Vin Diesel, who I don't think can carry a movie at all. Mm-hmm. And if they could have more Michael Bay uh, hero shots where it starts really low and then zooms up to them. Oh my god! I was, and I like Justin Lin. I go, man, is he just? There's there's I an art. To... The... Go ahead, sorry, Brad. I was gonna say I definitely got the vibe that it felt like Vin Diesel was taking ownership of the franchise back in this movie because the yeah. part where he single handedly like rips all the scaffolding down in that tube and <laughs> collapses it and falls in the water and then goes into like a fever dream uh, of his past and everything. He goes into an art film for like 30 to 45 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> and gets super dramatic like actory. I was just like, 
wow, that's he's like just trying to like you know he heard all the criticisms of like yeah rock's the better actor and performer and uh the franchise has gotten better with him in it and now he's like trying to up himself trying but to it, like get up and it just like, mean, comes me, so it, goofy yeah it doesn't work because even that part where he jumps down he does this like superman flex as he's jumping i go what the fuck is this and so I don't get how he falls in the water and is sinking down and he can't get out. And the only way he can get out is because Michelle Rodriguez jumps in and grabs him. It's like, dude, you can swim, right? <laughs> what the fuck is going <laughs> no, on? No, I didn't learn how to. <laughs> and th- this is how stupid this movie is. So I took Kellen and Kellen and I were the only ones in the theater. And wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's watching it and he's like, Oh, I like when the cars run into each other. But then it gets to the part where Charlie's Theron is in that plastic jail cell. And this is true. Kellen goes, Daddy, how does she go to the bathroom and how does she eat? <laughs> I had that thought too. Oh, we, got a, we got a future real nerd on our hands here. <laughs> Damn place. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan, if you become paralytic for whatever reason, Kellen can take your job. <laughs> Let's go back to the very beginning of the movie where... Um, Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez get approached to, you know, do the next mission. And she agrees and takes off. And then Vin Diesel stays behind because he's like, I got to take care of our son. Um, And then, uh, you know, he has a a couple moments of thinking about it and realizes that he he should take care of this problem and then just leaves his kid there. (laughs) Like, who's watching their kid now? Uh, he left him with Brian. If for, for those who don't know, Brian is Paul Walker, and he's oh. been dead for seven years. Oh, can we talk about? <laughs> can we talk about how they keep doing this? Like, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I jump ahead to the end for their, for a second. They, they have their traditional family dinner or whatever, and they're waiting for Brian. And I'm like, I, I, you've still got two more of these films to do according to your trilogy plan. So what, are, what are we doing here? Please speak up. Because it wait, just wait, seems wait. like they're dragging this concept of Brian still being around, like a, like it, it's it just feels weird. <laughs> so he's still alive in the story. Yeah, because so the blue Subaru at the end was him. Yeah, because because in seven they edited it in such a way where he just drives off and drives away in one direction, and Vin Diesel drives in another direction, and they play that t- song. I'll tell you all about it when I see you again, or whatever it is, and. Uh, yeah i just i don't i don't understand this but like and also this movie is clearly designed to address fan criticisms because we get han back which is interesting i guess i have no idea if it really matters like ultimately like they they, that's fine but here's my my biggest gripe too is everything is cg which you know, whatever. I mean, you know, Marvel movies are CG too, but they have CG of Vin Diesel running on roofs. You know what I mean? Like, why is it a CGI guy? It makes me long for Tom Cruise because even their uh, over-the-top car chases, it's so much CGI. And then the rules of their magnets make no sense at all. And, and they just they really, like kill so many people. <laughs> They they the give process. I know they give loose explanations for the science at work and Chris Ludacris Bridges is there to explain why the science works. That's why they're able to go to space, which frankly is 
I would argue the only reason to watch this movie on a practical level that, you know, doesn't involve story or not is to get to that moment because I do like what happens up there and how they, what they no, decide to do, but, but it's not earned. And like, how fast can they do this? All of a sudden they can, in a less than a day, they can get another Fiero and launch it into space and mm-hmm. do all that stuff. This I mean, it's movie, ridiculous. But this movie is designed to not give a shit about lo- movie logic, and it's like it's in, it's it's not impenetrable, but it but it is like flagrantly flying in the face of people who question the logic in films. So like there are parts of me that appreciate that, but that doesn't you know like I looked at this film and was realizing like you know like for the budget that they put into this film, we would have like. 10 or 20 cool mid-budget movies that tell a more interesting story than what's being told here. Or a better car chases, or a better car chases in Jack Reacher. I'm yeah. Just saying, oh yeah. Uh, there's the stakes. And I mean, the, I, I gave this film a, a star and a half and I gave it a half a star because uh, Tyrese Gibson has a really funny part where he's talking about that. He's invincible because he's literally being shot at by 15 dudes and none of them can kill him, And he's killing them all. And Vin Diesel catches like three people with his car. Um, It's just everything about this is ridiculous. And then I gave one more star because I thought it was cool that Jason Statham shows up at the end and is kicking a punching bag that with a dude inside of it. Oh, I didn't see. I didn't see the end credit sequence. So that's it. Yeah, Jason Statham's beating up. Well, Han shows up. Oh yeah. Well, Han shows up too, but. Whatever. I just like that Jason Statham was beating up a dude who was in a punching bag. <laughs> that seems intense. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I want to talk about um, how landing on the, uh, the hood of a metal car is softer than just hitting the ground. <laughs> dude. Like, how is catching people uh, falling out of the sky with a car any better than hitting the ground? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think you actually brought up a good point, Brad, about how Vin Diesel wants to take control of the franchise. Because it feels like everything with his character is about how tough he is and how cool he is. And I mean, even they bring back, you know, the family aspect where the one time Dom turned his back on family is probably the time his family needed him the most. And then he learned that uh, his brother isn't so bad. And of course, John Cena at the end is going to team up with him and it's just but the the moment you the moment you saw him in the trailer you knew that's what they were aiming at he's too big a star to be just the villain and they've already established that charlie theron is just going to be that for the next two movies so i mean like the 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 formula on these films is successful for multitudes of reasons it's just that they are not nope. for they are not for us. They are for the people who do want to go to the movies on a regular basis, but they aren't concerned with a good story. They really don't care. They're there to watch. They're there to go nuts, and that's what this movie is designed to do. It doesn't have to be a good story. It just needs to be entertaining. I don't think this movie is entertaining at all. No, I think I frankly found the eighth one more entertaining than this one by comparison. If we're gonna you know draw straws on it, because yeah, I think part have... of it is you have the Rock and Statham in it. Agreed. And I, I went to a private screening and we were having fun with how dumb it was. So it was entertaining that way. Right. 
And it's just like, I mean, like, again, like, as I said before, like, there, if you are wanting to go to fucking turn your brain off, this movie is definitely up your alley and it does that job correctly. But, I mean, I would, I would tell people to go see Godzilla versus Kong instead. Well, yeah, because that's also a better movie. And also, it doesn't need two and a half hours to tell its story. It tells it in one hour and 46 minutes and it's a fucking blast. Um, but, like, you know, I know that people love these movies. I'm not like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like kick around people's fandom on it. I do question the amount of intent and money they pump into these kind of films at times because I'm just like I don't there are ten of there are now ten of these right now, including the spin off. A spin off, by the way, that's ten times more entertaining than than most of the films in your series. And Universal, meanwhile, has another department that's pumping out better movies in a different genre at ten to fifteen million dollars a pop. I don't understand how you can't take some time with these stories and try to up your own ante a little bit. But it's again, they're genre movies that know exactly what they're designed to do. So, you know, it could just be me like expecting too much. I don't know. I think you're too forgiving. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, what? again, ultimately, if people want to have fun, they're going to have fun here, you know. But what was Jake's plan anyway? Like to kill everyone on Earth? Like to reset the world? Question mark? Because Dom better than him? Question mark? Something? 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 <laughs> yeah, Seriously, I don't know. Just level the have playing no field they never for everyone. It. Yeah, and like. So he didn't succeed at that, but now he's all buddy-buddy with everybody? Okay. Or if he won, yep. um, he would be like this world supervillain, I guess, with his British buddy. Uh, yeah, which, oh God, the uh, the Star Wars conversation in this movie I, is... I leaned over to Adam and I said, this is a Kevin Smith movie now. Yeah, like, what the flying <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Oof. That Who was stuck ball rats in the middle of this movie? <laughs> that was the dialogue that I suddenly envisioned the screenwriters sitting there going like, we're so bored with writing these movies. Let's just deviate into like a discussion about Star Wars. Yeah, they they got they they literally just said like, you know what? I watched Clerks last night. Maybe we can do that. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Yep, that movie exists. Um, <laughs> I did like Helen Mirren's cameo in it. That was fun. That was a fun time. Sure. Yeah, she was there to be in it. That's what that yep. was. Yep. <laughs> she um, drives him to <laughs> Jacob. Like, what? Because <laughs> they, they're really that concerned about him when they had them all cornered. Why don't they just shoot him, kill him all? Why did that one? Why did they half of them have to leave in the last, like the other, like five guys until Dom goes into the silo that's filling with water for some reason? And there's like 50 of them. But the, did I, I mention I, he uses his own superhuman strength to rip down the entire catwalk? Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, was it uh, five or six where he's made a whole like parking garage collapse? <laughs> I mean, I think like, six, maybe seven. So, so okay. Here's the question I have: because we clearly, as long as this podcast is still around, we're still going to be reviewing these movies in some form or fashion. They've already gone to space now. What what can they possibly do next with this? 
I actually think they should go back to the basics. I mean, I think they should strip all this stupid super spy stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, they're not going to obviously because I mean, you didn't see the tag scene, but uh, when Deckard uh, answers the door and Hans there, he shows him like a freaking flash drive. And I don't know what the fuck is on this flash drive. I guess just another fast and furious MacGuffin. I don't know. It might be related to what happened in Hobbs and Shaw. Maybe they'll try to intertwine that adventure into it, like an MCU style thing. But I would love for this to go back to street racing. Cause I got a lot of cool street racing scenes in this movie with the flashbacks, which were much more fun to watch than the spy shit. Like this movie. Why is there always like race? chicks just randomly dancing in between cars in this world? Cause it's a secret music video, Ryan. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> No, what you do is you just you just give up and introduce ghosts. So Paul Walker just goes oh back my. into it. No, yes. no, yes. Yes. Oh God, no. Yes, yes. I'm down with ghosts, but don't don't drag Paul Paul Walker into this one, dude. If they put Ghost Rider in Furious Ten, I'd be all on board. Tyrese wants to combine them with the Transformers, and you know what? It's a logical move. No, I, I think Ghost Rider would be cooler. <laughs> have Nicolas Cage show up and be, oh, I just got the splitting headache. And, um, and then he says, I'll race you for your car. And, and Dom says, you got it. And then all of a sudden he turns into the ghost rider. Oh, that'd be badass. <laughs> Sorry, I just remember the amount of destruction in Edinburgh is like an international incident level that I'm shocked that they can just go back to a backyard in LA and not be like huge international celebrities. But it doesn't. It doesn't matter. They got that corona around. They got also, that why family. Go, why, why did they even go back to L.A.? They had like a cabin in the middle of nowhere that they abandoned with their his son. Because <laughs> we've got to wait for Brian. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. We've got to wait for Br- Brad. You don't get it. Family. You don't want me to repeat it five hundred more times. <laughs> it seems like they're really driving home religious aspects too. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of shots of crosses in this movie. I'm like, this that, is not it, When Vin Diesel before. says, God is always in your heart. <laughs> I'm like, what? Oh my God. <laughs> the part where the two girls are in Japan and she just looks over and like, oh, there's a Mexican, Mexican flag. That's obviously a clue to where we need to be. Like, <laughs> no, in some random what? part in Japan, in Tokyo. I mean, I heard Tokyo is a pretty small city, so. Ryan, go, let's go back to that, that God is in your heart bit. When you try to do that kind of trick in a Golden Age Hollywood movie, it, it sort of works because you can run the gamut on emotions. We're way past this point. How in the world is this being shoved into the ninth movie in The Fast know. and Furious? It works when Cary Grant does it or even Bob Hope and Sorrowful Jones. It doesn't work with Vin Diesel. I'm sorry. Like I don't know. I, it's crazy, man. But anywho, who's the last action star they can get now at this point? They pretty much have everybody in their back pocket. Dave Batista. Yeah, but it seems like he doesn't want to do anything other than artsy stuff, which is kind of cool, to be honest. Yeah, but he said who's left, you know? Well, yeah, that is technically true. Yeah, I don't know who else you get. Like maybe Terry Crews or something. I don't know. When did Gal Gadot's character die? Did she die in this series, or she just died she, and we don't she, know? I think she's died in the sixth one. I don't remember. She's just like, fuck this, I'm going to go make Wonder Woman, make some real movies, see mm-hmm. ya. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean, you know, maybe Stallone should be Dom's grandfather or something, I don't know, like, that, that'd be a good way to cap this all off, but. 
I know I kept on waiting for the rook to be that man's your father, but he ain't your daddy. <laughs> that, then that would have been really cool. <laughs> and I, like they went through the trouble of explaining uh, like Han's death was faked. And I still don't understand how it was faked. Like that's how inept it was. Have an explanation. Yep. It, but they but they do this all the fucking time. Like we've seen this happen for several movies now because they reboot the, them rebooting everything in five essentially meant that they painted themselves into several corners because five is what brings Han back, but Han died in three. So I don't understand how going, like it, it doesn't matter. Like the logic doesn't matter. You're just along for the ride, literally. Never. Yeah. I'll never watch that movie again. Um, next week, I, I'm going to be in Tennessee. What are you guys going to watch? Mm, Brad, what, what do we do next week? Um, well, I think it's a blank spot on our, our planning chart. So I'm not particularly interested in seeing the Forever Purge. So we could roll back and maybe do Cruella because I had a really sweet episode title for it. Okay, um, I would. Uh, what's it? Is it Damella Deville? <laughs> uh, cruel bummer or Cruella intentions? Ooh, Cruella intentions. I like that one. We'll get figured out. We always do here on Real Nerds Podcast. Now coming up on episode five hundred, you can listen to in a month. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.